It's a funny place to be, stuck in a seemingly mundane world with an inner knowing that the universe is so much more than our mortal minds can comprehend. Yet we all have the capacity to know peace and our oneness with the wholeness of life. And through these interviews, discussions, and reflections, it is my intention to share this possibility. I'm Ryan Kurzak, and this is the Kriya Yoga Podcast. What I wanted to share with you, you may have heard me talk about this, and I don't think any of you are in the uh, Kriya Yoga Apprenticeship Program, at least that's actually happened, not many of you have have applied, um, but haven't actually gone through it yet. And in the Bhagavad Gita, you're going to hear me talk about this, and I've probably already mentioned it once before. In the Bhagavad Gita, there's a chapter, uh, I believe it's chapter 16. And in that chapter, uh, what's described there are the qualities and characteristics which lead to self-knowledge. The qualities and characteristics which lead to self-knowledge. And many people mistake those for being moral principles or moral guidelines. When they're not, they're qualities and characteristics that when you implement them in your life, when you identify with them, when you make them real for you, self-knowledge blossoms. Um, Also, those of you who are going to be in the Kriyoga Apprenticeship Program in year two, we go through the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time today because it's a little bit beyond what you need to know at the moment. Um, but there are the gunas, the gunas, sattva, rajas, and tamas. And again, if you, you can read about them in um, Kriya Yoga, Continuing the Lineage of Enlightenment. I believe it's the chapter on, on the mind. Um, so look up the gunas, read those on your own. But they're, they're characteristics of creation, energies of creation. They're considered to be the primal forces of creation. Just south of the Om vibration, um, whereas sat or truth is just north of the Om vibration. It's pure consciousness. Um, but after Om, we get these gunas, which are the primary forces of nature. They run through, sustain everything. And we can really see them in our, in our mind, and our, our mental makeup often. Thomas is considered to be the energy of inertia, darkness, stagnation, often related to the hatred. Um, rajas is the, the transformational energy. It's active. It's the go-getting energy. It's, again, the transformational energy. Um, it's not heavy, it's dynamic. It's, it's what makes you want to be somebody. You know? So whereas Thomas is dullness, you, know, you, you can care less about anything, you just want to eat your hot dogs and sit on the couch. Um, Rajas is, I want to be somebody. I want to be successful in this world. I need fame. I want to be a good yogi. I want people to see me as a yogi because you can be a rajasic yogi too. And then the other quality is sattva, which is light. 
inspiration, purity, clarity. Um, whereas with Thomas, you do things to save your own life, save your own skin. That's your motivation, basically selfish. Uh, the motivation for Rajas is, um, again, becoming better, changing, being more. Um, the motivation of sattva is just because. It's like, why do you garden? You love it. It's just, you would do it anyway. You love gardening. Uh, why do you like to go for walks in nature? Um, Anything that you do that you just love doing. Why do you like making mashed potatoes and gravy on uh, Sundays? You just enjoy it. You do it anyway. You, you love it. It's for its own sake. Um, so a sattvic quality is something that you do for its own sake. For example, ideally meditation, the highest spiritual practice is spiritual practice for its own sake. Not to get you out of problems, not to make you feel better, not to make you somebody, not to give you anything special but just because it's the right thing to do, the natural thing to do. You, you just do it. You just love it. Um, point I'm getting at, um, in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, as you'll read in the book, Continuing the Lineage of Enlightenment, there's a lot of discussion. And as you go through the sutras, there's this emphasis towards developing sattva, becoming sattvic. And I remember being young and in my 20s and one of those idealistic uh, vegan hippies who was doing everything to save the planet and to change consciousness and to make the world a better place. <laughs> um, and then I remember growing up and seeing that you don't eat well, you don't practice your yoga, you don't be a good person to change anything. You do it simply because it's the right thing to do, the natural thing to do. It's in good taste. That's a sattvic way of being. You don't do it because you want someone to see you as healthy or spiritual. Uh, you do it because that leads to self-knowledge. So anyway, um, eventually you have to let go of sattva too. But many people ask, well, why do we develop lightness and clarity and peace and bliss if it's all God anyway? If Rajas is God, if Thomas is God, if, um, if we have to abandon it at the end anyway, why do we do that? Well, because consciousness as a human can only truly go within and meditate well in a sattvic state. When it's, when it's caught up in defined by Rajas and Thomas, it doesn't have the ability to sit still because there's too much rajas, too much transformation. Or it doesn't have the ability to rise up and, and experience clarity because it's too stuck in its own inertia and darkness. So the reason we cultivate sattva, purity, light, joy, optimism, isn't because it's a moral thing. You must do it to be good, to not sin anymore. It's not that. It's like a programming consciousness that when you engage that, it makes it much easier for you to meditate better, to do what you need to do, spiritually speaking, to turn within. Otherwise, you're just walking through the labyrinth of the mind all the time, trying to change things, trying to make things better, trying to get better yourself. When th That's useful when you're interacting in this world, in this human experience. 
but from the spiritual side of things, um, those things don't really matter. So that is why we develop sattva and a sattvic way of being. And of course, it doesn't mean that we always stay there because there are times when you have to do something rajasic, when you have to do something tamasic. Sometimes you do have to just save your own skin because if you save your own skin, well, then you can live to the next day so you can meditate again. Uh, sometimes you have to improve your situations. Rajas, it's transformation. Sometimes you have to go out and force yourself to get a better job so that you can go and buy a house, so, so that you have a better place to live, so that you can meditate better. Again, you're not doing it for the sake of having the bigger, better house. You're not doing it just simply for the sake of saving your skin so that you can enjoy the senses and the pleasures again. It's for the, the purpose of being able to reestablish yourself in a sattvic clear state so that you can complete the process of awakening. Um, so you've you got to be flexible too, but most of the time, keep it together in a sattvic state, just like your life. Sometimes things happen and you really got to work hard and you got to strain and struggle and, and gnash your teeth, but hopefully most of the time it's not like that. Because if you're living with yogic principles, yogic ideals, you are arranging and setting up your life such that you have the time to meditate. And when you talk to any really spiritually aware person, they're not going to have any patience, really, for excuses. Now, if you come to them and you're not... If you come to them and you say, I want to experience clarity, peace, self, and God realization, well, they're going to take you at your word as though that is really what you want. That is your motivation. And then they're not going to put up or entertain any other notions or, or excuses. So if you have all these other things that are non-essential, meaning you really truly don't need them in your life, they're not contributing to your ability to have a warm house. They're not contributing to your ability to have enough food. Um, they're not contributing to uh, a, a peaceful environment so that you can meditate more. If they're not contributing to those things, they're considered non-essential. And, and when you come to a person with spiritual awareness that you want to learn from, uh, they're going to expect that you're going to cut that out. So oftentimes we have to really be honest with ourselves about what are we doing? Because you see, the purpose of this life, the purpose of this human life is not to continuously fulfill your senses or your desires. The real purpose of this life is to awaken to your true nature. It's like, if you can imagine, this isn't don't take this beyond what I'm intending it for as a teaching tool. But it's like if you can imagine being a butterfly in a chrysalis. The only reason you're in that chrysalis is to prepare you for being the butterfly. You're not in that chrysalis to figure out how much longer can you stay in that chrysalis, how can you enjoy that chrysalis more, and so on. You're there for the simple process of releasing yourself as a, a free, fully functional, healthy butterfly. 
The same is true for human life. This is, there's a famous quote, I don't know who said it, but life, life is a bridge. You're not meant to build a house on it. And that is why um, we need to look at it as though, truly, are we treating this life as that? Because everything in this life is going to pass away and perish one way or the other. But the eternal nature of you is not. The eternal nature of you is going to be what it always has been. But the quicker you realize that, the more mature you become in that, then you're eternally free. There's nothing else to worry about. And that is the purpose of human life. So when speaking to a person of spiritual awareness, if they seem hard on you, if they seem hard on you, it's not because they're mean. It's because you have said to them, I want to wake up. And they're saying, great, that's the purpose of human life. So I'm going to tell you exactly uh, what you need to do for that to happen. And one of those things as are outlined in uh, the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali is developing a sattvic lifestyle as best you can, knowing that occasionally you are going to have to act rajasically, occasionally you are going to have to be tamasic, but to develop a, a sattvic lifestyle such that you have everything aligned so that you can do that real inner spiritual work that is required. Now, to go all the way back to my initial point when I was talking about the Bhagavad Gita and those qualities and characteristics which contribute to self-knowledge, which means when you engage them, when you live your life from that point, self-knowledge is just going to click into place. It's just like by, by engaging each of those qualities, you're just pushing a puzzle piece into place. There's one puzzle piece. Fearlessness. You learn to be fearless. Puzzle piece in place. You learn to practice purity of mind, another puzzle piece right up against fearlessness. You develop stability of character, charitableness, self-mastery, readiness to make sacrifices. More puzzle pieces are going together, and you're starting to see the picture now. Oh, now you see it. Wait a minute. Is this, what I, is this a, a, a fraction of an, an image of what I really truly am? And then you add studiousness. The ability to make efforts, straightforwardness, nonviolence, truthfulness, freedom from wrath. Then you begin to see, ah, I'm really appreciating what I am now. It's like a mirror has been put up in front of you. Renunciation of the fruits of actions, tranquility, aversion to slander, compassion towards living beings, non-covetousness, gentleness, sense of shame and doing evil actions, strength of mind, energy, forgiveness, endurance, chastity, absence of malice, aversion to praise. All these things, you have to do them. Because it's very easy to think that you want to um, just practice meditation, right? And then it's all going to work out. Yes, part of this life is the chrysalis leading towards that higher realization. But the chrysalis is important. The, what's going on in that chrysalis is important. And so in this chrysalis of life, the things you're meant to be developing, those 
organs that your butterfly is developing are fearlessness, purity of mind, stability of character, charitableness, self-mastery, readiness to make sacrifices, studiousness, ability to make efforts, straightforwardness, nonviolence, truthfulness, freedom from wrath, renunciation of the fruits of actions, tranquility, aversion to slander, compassion towards living beings, non-covetousness, gentleness, sense of shame in doing evil actions, strength of mind, energy, forgiveness, endurance, chastity, absence of malice, aversion to praise. By, by using this chrysalis of life, so number one, do what you need to do so that you have time to meditate, to meditate well. But also when you're not meditating, because you can't meditate 24 hours a day in the sense of seated meditation. Um, but you can, in every moment, figure out which of these qualities can I bring forth. And when they become natural, when they fill your time and they fill your mind, you are almost at the point of being that fully formed butterfly ready to burst out of the chrysalis to fulfill uh, this human life. So as Kriya yogis, Kriya yogis who want to do what life wants you to do, meaning fulfill the purpose of life, this has to be taken seriously. You have to meditate well. Cut out all the stuff that gets in the way of your ability to do these things. And then be intensive about it. The danger is always being a little too fanatical where you're too hard on yourself or you end up turning the process into a way to beat yourself up instead of actually figuring it out. Um, it's like if you, if, you, if you plant a garden, you have to use your discrimination and your intelligence. If you're planting a garden and you don't know what you're doing, all you know is you've seen some people dig up the dirt and flip it over and throw some seeds in the ground. That's all you know. Okay, well, that's your level of intelligence right now. So you try it and you go through a, a summer of gardening and you recognize, wow, some tomatoes came up, some peppers came up, a few corn plants, but really it's just like the grass just grew, grew again. So you go back and you don't beat yourself up, say, oh, what a stupid idiot I am. I don't know anything. You say, all right, well, what, what can I do different? So you go talk to somebody. I say, well, try taking the top layer of grass off first before you turn it over. And you do that. Next year, less weeds, more plants, but still not quite right. Huh, well, you don't beat yourself up. You step back and you say, what do I do now? And then someone says, well, try getting some cow or horse manure in the fall and, and, and tilling it in there and getting it real nice and rich. And you do that. And this year, your plants grow really big, but now you've got all these big green worms eating your tomatoes and little yellow black striped beetles eating your cucumbers. And you've gotten much better than where you started from. So each time your intelligence improves because you try to figure out how to improve it. And now someone tells you, oh, we'll go get some neem oil, mix it up, it's natural, it's not gonna uh, poison anybody other than the things you don't want to eat your plants. And you spray it all over your plants and uh, your plants are fine. And so each year you get better and you get better and you get more intelligent and use your discrimination more. So that means with these 26 qualities, 
You don't just say, oh, I can't practice fearlessness. I tried and I failed. You say, no, today I'm going to try to be fearless. And you do. And for the most part, you do a good job. But then a, a few things get in your mind and you just can't shake them. So you need to use your discrimination, your intelligence, and sit down and figure out, okay, what do I need to do to get that out? What do I need to do to stop worrying about that? Do I need to act and actually do something so it's just not an issue? Do I need to just have a little talk with myself because this is kind of a neurotic thing that's going on? But you do this with each of these um, qualities, straightforwardness. Maybe you need to be straightforward. That means you just tell people what you think. You're honest with them. But then someone comes up to you and uh, they say, hey, what do you think of this dress? And you say, wow, that is the most hideous thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, that's straightforward. But then they start crying because their spouse just bought them this dress and it's the best gift they've ever gotten in their life. So you've learned, if you're practicing discrimination, okay, maybe that's not the time or that's not the way to share that information. Or maybe I don't even need to say anything. Maybe you find another way around it. Um, but straightforwardness, I don't mean to, to be a white liar or to uh, tell little white lies. I mean, that, you know, if you need to be honest with someone, be honest with them. If they say, hey, do you want to go out tonight? You say, no, I want to go meditate. Hey, do you want to eat some spaghetti and meatballs? No, I told you 20 times I'm a vegetarian. Sometimes you have to do that, not in the sense of being uh, cruel, but we live in an imperfect world. So every now and then, you got to do your best. But you got to be flexible, as we discussed. Okay, now hopefully what you're going to do is you are going to go back and listen to this video after it's posted, and you're going to write down these 26 qualities. And you're going to start working on them, one at a time if you have to. But that's why you're here, so you might as well start. And then you're going to have a leg up on um, the Kree Yoga Apprenticeship Program because I discussed this in the Kree Yoga Apprenticeship Program. It's a, it's a big part of the program as you get further into to year one. That's all I have to say about that. And I really hope you take it seriously because many people don't. And that's why you, you might have experienced this. Maybe, maybe not. But that's why when you start joining meditation groups or you start going to yoga classes or you, you yourself become a, a professional yoga teacher, really anything related to an organization, and you start getting into the heart of the organization and uh, you start seeing people with their you know, gossip and non-useful activities, and you think, wow, it's such a spiritual place, but why is this the case? Or, or you meet people who've gone to meditation groups for 20, 30, 40 years, and they don't seem any clearer than they probably were when they started. It's always going to be because they don't take these 26 characteristics seriously. You're going to find that the people who take these 26 characteristics seriously, as seriously as they take their meditation practice, those are going to be the ones that have the integrity necessary to fulfill that purpose of this life. Just like the chrysalis is to the butterfly, this life 
is to our being, our being. This episode of the Kriya Yoga podcast was made possible by donations from Kriya Yoga apprenticeship students and supporters of our Patreon community at www.patreon.com forward slash Kriya Yoga.